welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee, and today's guest is a hand-cut stencil artist, pop artist, and muralist. We have my man, Mowgli. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, happy happy Wednesday. Happy any day you're listening to this. It's nice to be here. <laughs> Big homie Mo. So, uh, you know, I gave the 1,000-foot view or 10,000-foot view of what you do, but you can do a much better job at it than me. So describe your work for the fine folks out there. I can say, you know, you do this, you do that, but you don't do a better job at it. So please. So I'm a hand-cut stencil artist and uh, aerosol pop artist. Uh, I specialize in those two things and uh more recently last year i got into a lot more murals i i like to pay homage to a lot of like vintage comics and uh like just i mean great artists like it's it's for my work now it's it's mixing up uh old school comics and romance comics and adding uh modern day takes on dating romances movie quotes uh kind of just bringing new life to what i used to grow up with as a kid so uh that's what i'm into right now it kind of fluctuates every other year but mostly a lot of pop art a lot of pop uh just popular references uh comic book characters cartoon characters um pretty much anything like that i'm a big fan of and then murals this year i'm hyped to be doing a lot of murals uh but as far as like my work goes it's just it's it's elevating as much as i can the just the work like just just trying to stay active with spray paint and stencils yeah i mean i, I came across um your your uh your account on social media and i was like all right this is this is some cool stuff here i'm seeing some jackets here what's up with this denim and uh you know and it, it was interesting and then i saw like just a few things and i saw some of the simpsons stuff i saw different pops pop um art stuff that i i've seen just in different places or reminiscent of stuff that i've seen in different places and i was like all right gotta get gotta get them on an interview <laughs> gotta make this happen so at what point in your life did you realize that you you had creative talent and like this was something pursuable this was something that you should really put some time towards i mean i think it like i think it was always just part of me especially like more realized around like the end of high school and the beginning of college like i used to be a like a semi-pro professional gamer so i used to travel and do those events and I was just always into the advertising and marketing and the way Red Bull kind of marketed their events and like that kind of brand and that kind of stuff. So I, I ended up going to school for engineering, like the first three or four years and then switching yeah. to marketing, which is a completely different story. I used to be a coal miner and a mining engineer, but that's wow. it's a completely different, <laughs> different time. West Virginia, that's a completely different time, but, um, road, so. <laughs> yeah, right. but just, uh, I, it was just kind of getting into marketing, like trying to pursue a career in that. So it's mm -hmm. staying relevant as far as advertising goes. Like I'm a really big, big, like on-premise marketing kind of guy. So events, seeing how brands market themselves, like traveling, marketing, like vans and that kind of thing. I love seeing that. And then uh, when I used to be a marketing and creative director, it was working with a lot of liquor brands and seeing the way they spent their marketing budget and then creating tens of thousands of dollars of campaigns for that kind of thing. So sure. once in, I'm settling into the like marketing and how to like reach people from like Coca-Cola's perspective or from EA sports perspective or from like absolute, it's yeah. just catering to that to me. And it took like a long time as like an artist and like as an individual to like figure out what makes me unique, but it was kind of just like staying relevant and being aware, at least aware of what is going on 
pop culture wise, like technology, yeah. like, you know, even with today, it's all, it's going so fast. You kind of have to see like all, all the, all your major brands, everybody that does business right now, they're trying to emulate and trying to act like a person. It's just like every, yeah. you know, it's every, every business being a corporate, you know, is a corporation, but there's a person behind it trying to give it some feeling. And that's just kind of like where, where it kind of all started is like, you see, you're just more aware of it. You're more aware of what is being, you know, what is being sold at CES, what's the new technologies, what's the new advertising. And then, I mean, for me and entering the art thing, it's, it's like, you have a voice, you have an opportunity to, I mean, you don't see it a lot when you're a kid, but nowadays when you look back at the comic books, you're looking at the comic and there's so many ads, like there's so many Twinkie ads, like using the Richie, like Richie Rich and all these comics and all these yeah. like comic characters that like, you don't realize, like, I'm just reading a comic book, but I'm also a child and I'm also being advertised for Twinkies and I'm being like the game systems and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, you get to use some of that stuff and revert it or change the, change the message like nowadays as, as like an artist and as like what I'm exploring. It, it, I was I was typing when you were saying that because it reminded me of uh, this movie um, that my, my background was in marketing as well. So as you're, you're I was a marketing analyst. I was like my first job uh, out of, of college. And uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting doing it for a very big uh, Fortune 100 company. And but um, I, I, I thought about uh, this this movie like um, when I left that that job in like 2012, it was a movie that came out that it was talking about like this advertising. And I just wish it was a better movie. It was, it was called branded. Branded. Yeah. You, that was, yeah, they yeah. made us read that before our freshman year. They were like, I think that was like part of our like uh, prerequisite. You had to read that before your, your first class. Yeah. It's, 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 it's fascinating. I mean, it's interesting to look at it like that. I mean, it's, I mean, me, it's, by the way, it's true. I mean, well, <laughs> I'm a little, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, it's um. I, I think it, it's interesting. Like you're, you're right, and one of the things that catches me is the parody that's there. That uh, I, I had a, an, an interview with someone who was in the um, liquor industry the other day, and it, it was like it was funny because we were talking about like seltzers and all of this stuff, and I was like, yeah, it's parody. It's nothing original. It's like, I, why can't it just be one one of these things that no one is drinking, and just one thing, and everyone else just gets back to scotch and beer and carbs, and let's just do that. I, I, I don't know, but it's it's just this kind of parody thing. You see it, and then the marketing starts to look the same, and then the advertisement starts to look the same, and that's all whole different thing for a different time i i think it's i mean i i think it's fun though i think it's fun i like i like the, i like it being trendy like mm-hmm. it changes it changes culture it changes the way people see things like even even today and with murals and influencers that kind of thing like yeah. a lot of the jobs and a lot of companies i speak with like they're asking for what's the most instagrammable mural what's the most instagrammable like so it's like museums are taking a look at that and like for as vapid as it is and empty as it is at times like it is yeah. interesting to see it and be a part of it for a few years or you know a little bit and then to see and look back and be like that is ridiculous like why did we do that so like i think we're living in those times where like there are certain things that this this is not going to sustain for another five years but it's yeah. very it's just nice to be a part of it it's nice to be relevant like i don't i, I don't know i don't think you feel this way but I don't want to be a part where it's just like, man, I'm too old for this shit. I don't get it. Like, I still want to be able to understand like what's in, what's cool. Like, I, you know, play a game of Fortnite I, if I have to. Like, you know, that kind of shit. Like, what is it, uh, Among Us and all of that different stuff? Right, I was like, right. everyone has their bit. And I, I thought, I thought about going, and I was like, yeah, where's my TikTok at? And I was like, where's my cane? What, <laughs> what am I doing? But I, I think the microcosm of it, it, it when it's at its peak and the, the veil is at its thinnest, is around super bowl time 
when you see the advertisements and you see like, yo, so you waited 12 months to come up with that. Like, you know, that's dated, right? Or is this what's like somebody's like, you see something that kind of sticks out. It's like, oh, this is the new hotness. This is what's going to be popping for like the next three months or something like that. So it's that really weird, interesting point of who's behind in their marketing, who's like behind the curve and who's ahead of the curve. Oh, yeah. And it's I mean, it's big money right now. It's big. It's huge. It's huge money. And then you see massive like uh, like marketing and like meme like conglomerates like like the fuck Jerry company like that. Yeah. Like people like people and companies like that that are just just basically just twisting and turning. It's just like uh-huh. they make they make people they make people that are influencers. They make people that, that can that can appeal to this kind of way. It's yeah. I don't know. You always it's. Make it's always Illuminati. It's, no. it's, it's always, I mean, like people that it just takes like one documentary. Like people are always like, Oh, have you seen this? And then they're telling everybody about it. And then you take a second look. You're like, am I that social media voodoo doll? Like, do I take this too seriously? I mean, I mean, it's uh, to, to me, it's like, it's, it's more difficult for you. Cause it's like, you're creating content. Like this is, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's timeless content. Cause it's like eras. Like it's like your, this interview is going to be 2021, a snapshot of what this is. You can yep. listen to this and, you know, in the future and still have like what's going on now. So it's like, yeah. you're a historian in the fact that, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to gas you up too much, but I mean, I appreciate the gas. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you know, as, because, um, you know, very selfishly as the people I have on here blow up then it's like, I got them first. Oh, I got them early, you know, before the, the numbers go up. Um, so Back, back, back to York. Cause we're, 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 we're being marketing guys a little bit here. And, and we can't do that. We can't do <laughs> yeah, that. Sorry. Uh, so w- within your art, um, so w- what would you want to accomplish? What does it aim to accomplish ultimately? If, if someone were to ask you that, how, how, well, someone is asking you that, how, how does that response go? I mean, like, honestly, the biggest goal is to like make it in that mass way, like to be a household name, like, to me, I like to see an artist, whether it be me or an, an artist I interact with or someone I know, make it to that level. Like that level of everybody knows your name, everybody kind of knows your name, like people that aren't in that industry, like it kind of can kind of heard of you. So like mm-hmm. that's like the ultimate goal. And then for me, like I don't I do not do too lavish or outlandish goals. Like my goals are usually within a, a year or six months. So there's a, a few things like I want to accomplish as far as that goes for like this year. But um, I, I want to push it as far as it can go. Like, I'm surprised, I'm surprised I've made it this far. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because every year I think I'm like, oh, I've made it. Like, I'm a, I'm a full-time artist. I've done this like full-time for like two years. And like every year, like the challenges and not the struggles, but the, the, the pressure that I put on myself to, to get to the next level, to get a little better, to like constantly stay creating and stay I, I, like ahead of the curve kind of, kind of thing. Like I, yeah. That is, that's something important to me. So that's more of like uh, to achieve greatness. I want to work hard and to like be great. I I, I never want to settle and be like, all right, well I've done this. Like I mm-hmm. there's a few, there's a few points in my career already that I'm like, all right, like that was enough. Like that was enough. That was cool. Like that monetarily or whatever it is. It's just kind of yeah. like I, I I chalk it up at the end of the day. I was a successful artist. Like let's go back to marketing and make some real money or that kind of thing. I don't know. It's just <laughs> so it's. So it's like, it's, it's, it changes. Like there's the two big goals that 
I kind of, I don't really say like say goals unless I know that they're achievable. There's, there's two things I'm putting out there. I would love to design a sneaker at some point, just whether it be a colorway or I get big enough to get that collab. Um, and then a vinyl, size a vinyl. 13, size 13. Okay. Yeah. 11 and a half. Anybody's looking out there for, for my, you know, <laughs> I'm, collect, I'm starting to collect my, my partner's very mad about that, but, and then, uh, and then a vinyl toy. Um, there's a few sketches and a few designs I have for a vinyl toy. Um, and I'm interested in getting that 3d printed in the next like year and start doing prototypes for that. But that's, that's a long, it's, it's a long process. It's a long, expensive process. So it's like, I dabble in little projects and like little, yeah. little goals that I think are like big achievements for me as an artist. And it yeah. takes like a year, 18 months. And it's like that slow, slow process. It's, it's almost like, like different milestones, what have you in, in, in listening to what you're describing. Um, you, it's kind of a, a similar thing that I have. And I think about what I do really in a, in an artistic way, which is kind of why I wanted to do this, this podcast. Cause I think it's, it's interesting to have conversations with people who are creating, who are actively creating. And I think one of the things that happens is when you get to that level where you feel that you've hit a goal, then you get complacent. And then it's just like, ah, that's what I do now. And it's like, no, you like right now I'm doing three, like as I said before, I'm doing three different podcasts and people tell me you're out of your mind. Why are you trying to build three different things at the same time? Cause they're fun. I don't, I don't know. I'm doing it because I enjoy doing it. And when it comes to any of these things, what I want to do is have something that's out there that transcends that transcends it, whether it be, okay, there's an action figure. Oh, snap. That's a Funko pop of me. This is great. He has a Carhartt shirt on. This is amazing. And you know, those are things that you, you, you would feel what I would feel like, all right, this is, this is great. This is something that kind of matters to me and it meshes with what I'm into. This is satisfying. It's not what, what someone else's values or what they kind of uh, attach to what it is, a certain achievement or so a certain goal should be. I think it's, I mean, I, I think it's like good pressure. Like, I mean, like with you hearing that 12 year, 12 year anniversary, I've been doing this for 12 years. Like that's, that's, there's, there's so much to me, like so much clout and so much like strength to that, that everything to do outside of that, it doesn't really matter because of how much time and how much like just singular focus you've had on one task. So it's yeah. like, I'm hitting like I, I I make sure to bring that up, and anytime I've been interviewed or anytime I'm on like a podcast or that kind of thing, it's like I'm I've been in this game for about ten years now, like nine or ten years. I've been cutting holes in paper and spray painting, <laughs> so it's like it's not like I did this. I started doing this last year or two years ago. Yeah. Or like a, you know, it, when you when you talk to artists and other artists are looking to hear advice and learn from other artists, they're always, it's always this hard pressure. So it's like, you know, you, you, you've been doing this game, this game for 12 years. And like, that's just, that's a lot of like strength and power. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's that good pressure that you're getting better every year that there's like little, otherwise you wouldn't be doing it. Like, it's like, right. it's like that, that dumb advice from, uh, from cocktail, like good things don't end. Like you're, you're doing good things. You're working good creatively. Like, I, don't know, I, I see like that's, I have, I have awful mantras, awful mantras. Well, good things don't end. So it's like, you know, your podcast good. You've been doing it for 12 years. A reason why you're still in it. Like, yeah. and even if it's just something that you just love to do like that, there's, I, I wish it was more, you know, like it's yeah. just the passion, passion is contagious. So it's, it's, it's nice to hear, like it's, it's, it's been great. It's, it's been very uh, revitalizing to hear these conversations, other creatives, like, especially in these times, it's actually, you know, it's more important. It's, 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 it's interesting that like, there's more pressure on creatives during, I mean, it's, it's just the beauty of the world, you know? 
Yeah, uh, totally. And uh, we, we, it's going to be some pop culture questions coming up. I'm going to start skipping some of my questions because you, you, you hit it. I was like, <laughs> you start that cocktail reference? <laughs> like, what the hell? I've been um, looking forward to your, your movie. I got to listen to the movie podcast. I'm looking forward I'll, to I'll, I'll make sure you check it out because it's uh, it's good. The, the the one I just did is really good. I got a few coming down the pike. Um, might even have you guest on the spot here and there. We'll see. Um, so let's see. You got the artistic style. We already got that, actually. So I think that's all set. Um, so... This now we get to some pop culture stuff. I'm ready. I read of an experience <laughs> with Super Mario that that helped lead you on your path a bit. Um, Super Mario has been a game, '90s motion motion picture, and of course an '80s cartoon. What is your favorite Nintendo game? So they were talking about just regular entertainment system. Uh, your favorite '90s motion picture? If you got anything that's karmic or cartoon related in that vein, that would be even more challenging, but great. And I just left it as old cartoon. Oh, Curtis, so you're saying NES only? Or do we doing Nintendo games? We're just doing straight Nintendo. So, like, just entertainment system. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Duck Hunt. Like, Duck Hunt? Yeah. Like, Duck Hunt. Because I, my, like, I, my dad got the bazooka, like the bazooka mm-hmm. attachment instead of, like, the, the gun peripheral. Like, mm-hmm. we had both. But we used to hide behind the couch, like, I don't know, like, the oh, ducks were going to wow. get you. And, like, you know, just you're, you're bopping the, you're bopping the ducks. That was just, it was a lot of fun. Like that. And then obviously the OG, OG Mario. Yeah, oh, triple OG. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm a huge, I'm a huge gamer. Like that used to be, that was a big, that was a very lofty goal of mine when I first started. Was I, I did the first level of Mario One One, yeah, or Super Mario One One, and I wanted to do every level of Mario. So any city in the world, I would go and you give me an alleyway, like yeah. I'll do a level of Mario. And like to me, like that would be kind of cool to just do it in every. That's fine. That was that's something I, I might need to pick up like in a few years, but not. But it, it was something. It was something. It was it was great to you know think of. And then uh, '90s movies. Oh my god, '90s. Oh, there's so there's so many, so many. Uh, Jurassic Park, number one. Okay. Jurassic yeah. Park, because it's just you know dinosaurs, just like the, it was scary as shit. Because I was a kid, when, you know, not kid, but you know, I was young when I watched it. Groundbreaking um, technology. Exactly, and who doesn't love dinosaurs? So many quotable, so many good quotes. And, and then and sexy Jeff Goldblum man he just that that popping it popping it open a little bit he got the he just rambles on here's here's uh, the nip enjoy you, he says that's the best part you see like to me i i, I got jeff goblin first in you know Jurassic park and then you get him in the fly in the fly and like horror movies and you're just like wait a second that's the same guy because you don't see it now you get him as like the kid version of thor ragnarok and stuff uh, uh, jeff, vintage jeff goldblum kind of like a sex icon uh and then I gotta go. I gotta do more than one movie. So Jurassic okay. Park, uh, Point Break, like see, like you gotta Keanu Reeves, early 90s, Ke- I appreciate see, Keanu, Keanu Reeves, and like uh, and uh, Daddy Swayze, Swayze, and Swayze. So like, po- like Point Break. I was gonna say you know Roadhouse, but that's that's eighty eight. Yeah. Uh, and then my last movie would be uh, The Matrix. Matrix is ninety yeah. ninety nine. I had to look it up. Yeah. Very very the very end. Yeah. The very end because I remember I saw that in theaters. Uh, it was like my 13th birthday. I'm aging myself. I was like my 13th birthday present. Oh. It was like still in theaters. And like, I just remember watching that. I just, I love, I love that. Cause it was like, it was kind of ahead of its time as far as like, it had that anime movie that like that, that secondary part that like, yeah. you know, I just remember going to Suncoast and like getting that. And then there was like, there was like, there was like, you know, there's lore around that. And then yeah. just, the, it was, be, you know, it was before like, technology and computers and hacking and like all that kind of stuff was like main culture and mainstream yeah. so i just remember doing seeing that and just those action scenes and everything like that 
I don't know, a big, a big action guy. Like he's late eighties action, early nineties action, okay. all that kind of stuff. Okay. We, 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 okay. You definitely should be on one of the podcasts. We're, we're doing double impact. Uh, okay. Because it's about <laughs> brothers. That's a running bit. I have my brother. It's about brothers. He's like, you're the dickhead Van Damme. I was like, eh, what do you got to do? Yeah. So what about your cartoon? What cartoon do you got? Cartoon. Um, I'm not going to go with like the mainstream, like, you know, okay. Simpsons and, you know, I'm you know big Simpsons fan, but like, look at over I'm your gonna, shoulder right now. <laughs> if I'm going to, yeah, right. Uh, there's a ton, but I'm, I'm saying like, you know, nineties, nineties cartoon, that kind of thing. It'd have to be like gargoyles or street shark, actually street okay. sharks, like street sharks, like that, that <laughs> like with the figures, like a street star- sharks and like Ninja turtles. Cause like I had all the figures, like I had uh-huh. all those, like, squeezable figures like one could like spray water and stuff so it's just yeah. like yeah i i just remember that kind of stuff I, I, and like i can't you can't I, you can't really watch it now it's just terrible it's just it's just hard to watch hop on Tubi, right and th- this is a thing hop on Tubi, uh and i think double dragon is on there okay it is terrible if they're and all it's, it's i was and, I, and it was funny because like in, in this world we're in where again going back to parody everything that had that has content it's like let me grab every piece of content possible for my streaming platform and i was like why are these cartoons left over and it's like oh because they suck and what it was something that happened when one of the the lee brothers which would my for context my brother and i were almost named after the double dragons okay that's how wild it is and <laughs> So, so literally one of the brothers, I think it was Billy, he pulls out a sword that makes no sense. And he's like, guess it's time to make sushi. And he starts cutting up a tree. And I was like, <laughs> this is rough. I like, I have decades old embarrassment from this. I mean, some things are best like in that nostalgic and that good nostalgic member berry member. Like, you know, it's just good in that don't revisit it. Like I I like I like like Gargoyle is probably better than I remember it, but like Street Sharks and that kind of stuff, like I don't see myself being entertained by it. It's nice to like have that thought, but it's hard to get through it's some episodes sometimes. <laughs> Micro Mice from Mars and the Street Sharks are <laughs> back to back. <laughs> I mean, I mean that, was a gold, that was a golden age, man. Golden age. You got and then like tsunami with the Dragon Ball Z and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Like that. That's what you know. Not define me, but it's kind of that exposure into a lot of different culture, a lot of different mm-hmm. styles of art, a lot of different things that like I wasn't really exposed to, didn't know about. And then you're just you're in it, you're in it, and then it's just how far in the rabbit, how deep in the rabbit hole do you want to go? And you're able to find whatever that tribe is too. Like you know, there are a lot of uh, anime nerds that. They, they did their initial dive in with like either Akira or like Dragon Ball. And you see someone that's doing a design that's reminiscent of it. It's like, yeah, I'm buying all of that. Like, how can I get that? And, you know, or how can I get this piece of art? And, and, and that's, that's really, you know, in conjunction with like what I saw with the, uh, the jackets and such and the, the stencil work that you were doing. I was like, all right, this reminds me of something that I've seen. I was like, now, nah, you know, as I said before, I need to get familiar. I need to become initiated, if you will. <laughs> um, so I read that your your work was um, enabled you to connect with the likes of like Conor McGregor, Jeff Bridges, and and so on, many luminaries, including Ray Lewis and Cain Velasquez. Uh, describe how those experience uh, those experiences um, kind of impacted you, and what was maybe a mark out or fanboy moment you may have had in interacting with some of these folks. I mean, so the only the only person i met out of the like list of celebrities that i was able to connect the artwork to was was kane velasquez 
uh, you know, was able to meet him and shake his hand and like stand next to him. And that was, you know, it's a heavyweight. So it's like, you're just standing next to him. It's like, I'm, I'm five eleven and he's six, four. And it's just like a big six, four. Like, I don't need, like you stand, you guys probably the same height. And like, yeah. he's just, he's just a massive man. But I mean, <laughs> the other, the other, the other celebrities, like it's, it's mostly been homies and friends of friends. Like I used yeah. to do a lot more portraits and celebrity portraits and MMA portraits. So someone would be like, Hey, I won this meet and greet through the radio station or, Hey, like my work is going to have this celebrity in here. Like, would you, would you want mine doing like a portrait and like, I can give it to that celebrity. So like, that's how I initially cool. got, you know, Charlie Sheen slash, uh, right. All those is just like, I either had the artwork already or I made the artwork for the person to, to meet them. Um, the McGregor, the McGregor painting, I actually never, I've never talked about this. So why not talk about it on the podcast? Um, I got, uh, a friend of a friend was working with the UFC at the time. They were filming the Ultimate Fighter uh, McGregor season, and I made the McGregor painting. He was just coming up, and we used to watch the fights and just like would make I would make a painting of both fighters before the fight. And uh, he was like, "Hey, man, I could probably get that painting signed if you want me to try." I'm like, "Sure, why not? Of course, like just you can take it. I don't need to be there. I, I prefer honestly, like I prefer that. Like I don't want to meet some like I, I most people. I don't want to bother anybody. Like I would love to give you a piece of artwork, but like I don't need you to have to have a conversation with me. That kind of thing. Like I'm yeah. happy to get it to you. You can keep one. I can keep one. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. So, the McGregor painting got signed. There's a picture of him holding up. Picture of him signing it. Like, just that very lucky early time and then yeah. i was i just wanted to get the artworks like scanned so i had it uh i went to this this art scanner this art this art printer and there's a gallery owner that asked to the he, he saw it there and he gave me a ring he's like hey i saw you getting that, that scanned is that signature real uh would you like me to would you like to sell that in the gallery and i was like yeah. uh maybe you know sure like he's like oh it's you know this gallery in caesar's like in caesar's i was living in vegas at the time so it was yeah. uh, in caesar's palace the, the real caesar lived there uh so <laughs> it was up it was up in a gallery in caesar's for a few weeks and it sold for more money than I've ever heard. It sold for $11,000. Oh, wow. So it was like that. I, I didn't really intend on selling the piece. I didn't intend on getting that far. I intend on like selling it for that much, but yeah. the gallery asked for that much. It sold for that. And then that person that bought it, I was in touch with him, uh, spoke with him and that kind of thing. Uh, and he resold that again uh, months later in San Diego for 25. Wow. So like, I, I don't know. As an artist, it's just, I don't, that is like the, the peak of my career. And to yeah. me, it's like, I, I, until I sell another painting for $10,000, like I haven't, I haven't made it. That was like a fluke. So like, that was, you know, that's like one of those crazy once in a lifetime chances. Like it's like, I, I have some canvas prints of the image, but it's like, you see like his signature then back in, what was it? 2013, 14. And yeah. like now it's like, nice and then it's like sloppy but it's like it's you know little little stuff like that like I, I never i don't think i ever really pursued it like i i i feel like i could have like transitioned and been that like celebrity hopper and just been like i'm just gonna jump on celebrities and just like i'll paint you for free just i need that signature and that picture and like i, I could have yeah i could have done that but like it was it's been nice and i've been blessed that my friends and friends of friends have been able to connect me with those people like it was it's not something that's like define my career, but it's something yeah. that's like been very, very, uh, I think fun. I think it's just been one of those, like, it's, it's wild how you can post something on Reddit or you can have one homie that, you know, can, and just, you can make it as an artist for like a little bit or get that like little spike of attention. Yeah. So it's always, it's always neat. 
it's it's a cool milestone to have that. And um, yeah, that's that's a, that's a good story. Thanks for sharing that here. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. So I got a few more questions and I might have to throw that old ball buster question back in here. Um, it's a food related one. You don't have it. You don't have it. You may have heard it, but you don't have it. Uh, so real quick, um, creatively in, in, in your artistic um, endeavors, um, who would be some of your, your creative influences? So I'm not, I'm not classically trained as an artist. I didn't go to art school. So it's been a long road of me learning all the greats and that kind of thing. I feel like I, I've learned them on like the back end, and like it's, it's, I'm, I'm happy to learn them and not know the, the regular names for a long time. Mm-hmm. But right now, you know, heavily influenced by Lichtenstein. Um, I have a bunch of books from MC Escher, uh, Picasso, uh, a, lot, a lot of comic book, comic book art, uh, illustrators and like teams so you know uh ramita ramita jr and uh, i'm sorry yeah ramita and then uh just a lot a lot from the 60s and 70s or just like just comic book illustrators and those kind of charleston comics those kind of like teams of usually split up between like two or three artists sure um but a lot a lot of the greats a lot of the greats and then to me like a lot of inspiring artists aren't artists it's just like the creators around me that aren't doing artwork if that makes sense, like it doesn't have to be a visual artist. Like I'm more inspired by like my DJ homies and like, you know, podcast hosters and photographers and people that aren't doing my stuff. Cause it's, I don't like exclusively follow stencil artists and street artists and like, you know, other contemporary or modern artists just because there's only so much I can take and want to be influenced by a lot of the times. Like I, I want to like kind of shield myself off a certain, like just a, just a little bit to, you know, what certain artists are doing or what some artists that are like, I kind of look up to are doing just because I don't want to emulate them or don't want to like subconsciously try and take it, take from yeah. them. I mean, we do it naturally anyways, you know, you, you steal every little bits and pieces and make it your own, but I try, you know, just try and stick with the things I, I like and until, until a certain point, just always shuffle it up, you know? Yeah. Um, I had a, had a conversation actually yesterday with a um, jazz saxophonist and he echoed a very similar thing. He was like, yeah, I follow a lot of people or I, um, I'm into a lot of people who aren't necessarily saxophonists, who aren't necessarily jazz musicians and so on. Or it's always an anecdote that I give um, from an interview I heard from Currency. And he was just like, whenever I'm in album mode or putting out tracks, he was like, I'm not listening to anything for like this decade. He's like, cause I, yeah, I want to do something that's different. If I'm going for this vibe, I want this to feel like this is a '90s like a New York rapper album. I'm probably listening to some stuff like that, or I'm listening to a, a whole different genre because that's the energy I want to bring to it. And it, it's one of those things where, yeah, you know, like especially in podcasting, right? It's a lot of there's no new ideas. I always say this: there's no new ideas. It's maybe how you approach it, or maybe. I look at it, you'll, you'll probably get a kick out of this being a marketing person or a former marketing person. It's personal selling. You know, if you don't have a personality or something, that's what they're buying. They don't give a shit about the content. You know, they care about it to a degree. It's like, oh, you're talking about this movie. But if you listen to a movie podcast and then the hosts on it aren't interesting or they don't have a certain rapport or connection, Yep. It's just like I know about I can just go to a Wikipedia page. I can get this from here without having to listen to like Lispy over there or you know Lord Deckbeard. It, it, you know, it's it's interesting. 
Yeah, you're selling you're selling that rapport. Like you you need that hook, and that's I mean that's what I'm finding not difficult now, but it's like I used to have those events. I used to have the a lot of in person interactions with like galleries and those social you know art events and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. now nowadays, you know, I can't get that. So it's like, do I have to become more of a content creator? Do I have to film more videos and to speak more about my work and explain more because people don't get the opportunity to have that conversation like at a tent at an art festival that kind of thing, like. I just, I, it's in, it's interesting to me how like you always want you everybody's finding that connection, but you yeah. know right now like you're just, you're we're forced to do it online. We're forced to have these Zoom meetings instead of like pints together and sitting there. You know, so it's just there's there's little things there's little things, but you just you, wish you wish for the best. You get it. You get a different interaction. You're right. Like um, early on, I didn't have a green screen behind me or anything, and I was like, "The camera's for y'all. The shower was for y'all, not for me." And because <laughs> uh, I, I like to act like I'm actually there, the person, and you kind of can pick up on the different cues and see what's there more than just here's a black screen and then disembodied like animated figure of myself. And hopefully, you like it. Um, so the last uh, last questions, I'm going to combine one of these questions, and I'm going to ask you the ballbuster. Um, so part one, what is most important to, what's your most important tool as a creator? And part two, what helps you with your creativity? Oof. Uh, <clears throat> probably, probably, I mean, honestly, my, my muse, my partner, like mm -hmm. she's, she's just, I mean, she's my rock. So like she, as far as like creativity goes, it's like, I'm able to bounce things off of her. She settles me down. She gasses me up. She's, there's uh it's it's good. I, I, being an artist is very chaotic. Like so, to have a, a partner help you out on murals and do certain things, and just be there uh, creatively to to reaff not reaffirm, but to check you sometimes. That's mm -hmm. that's really it's been really great. I, you know, I love her to death. Uh, and then right. like I, you know, the internet. You know, you know my 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 boo on the internet. But you know, the internet as far as just you're able, I'm able to see what everybody else is doing. Uh, in my in my field other, other artists and it's i it i think the pace is just so much faster now just because of how much people are recording so like creatively you are exposed to so many people doing either similar things and you would see it and you normally wouldn't or you like you can see someone with the same style like creating something and the process in which they do it like I, a lot of artists are very secretive about how they make their work and that kind of thing and like being able to youtube and and search for things and teach them like either not teach myself like fully but be able to get like a taste of it and find mm -hmm. little things like creatively that's i mean that's just great because you're just able to you're able to bounce around and dabble in things that like I just wouldn't be have been able to do like that's why you know this place like open works like that yeah. is like such a great tool i wish like that, that was like a standard in every city in america that they had a, a building like open works because you're able to use tools you're able to try different crafts and things that can all tie into a business or just an overall more well-rounded like entrepreneur and yeah. it's just like it's like you know an artist it's like being an artist nowadays like you're not just an artist you're a designer you're an illustrator <laughs> like you have to do digital stuff you have to market stuff you have to make stickers you have to get the it takes you know it's just that that network and that like that village kind of thing it's a little bit of everything you gotta uh, be a one-stop shop yeah all right so now it's time the crab cake question we're doing the crab cake question yeah okay Where's, your, where's the best crab cake? Who has it? Can I say Jimmy's Seafood? Can I say that? Am I really? allowed to? Is oh. that allowed? 
that that that's a law. They have a they have a good one. They have a see they, they have a good one. But I feel like I'm gonna get in trouble by saying that. Like I'm not you a might. huge I'm not a huge crab. I'm like I I I'm not, not crab cake. I'm not a huge crab cake guy. I'm a huge crab guy. I'm let listening. Me, let me get the bushels. Let me get the let me get the dozens. Let me okay. let me eat some crabs. Like I, that's, I, that's, I I don't break down the crabs as I as I've said many a times. I'm a refined individual, and my crab has to be in cake form. Oh, you don't, you're not, your hands, they, is it, is it because it's sharp? It is, it's sharp and the shells might cut your fingers a little bit. Yes. So you don't want to, I got you. It's okay. Cause it, you know, the old, bay, the old bay hurts, hands. the old bay hurts a little bit and your boobs. I got you. Bit. I got you. Okay. All right. You know, my knuckles, you know, from, you know, <laughs> pounding away at this podcast genre. Uh, I can't get obey though. Otherwise <laughs> that's, but that's a fair thing. Um, Cause Jimmy's, they have, uh, what is it? They have like something like, that's like a stuff. They, they they have like this stuffed crab cake or stuffed uh, shrimp or something that's really really fire and i go really fat there that's why i don't really stick get get with jimmy's too often because uh i usually get these mashed potatoes and i'll get cream of crab soup and somehow those two things become one thing hey that sounds that's good see that's i see that's that's other thing you got me the crab quick question but i've i've mostly been vegan i've mostly been vegan like oh. i'm so like i'm not i'm not a vegan i still eat meat i still like but yeah. I six out of seven days I'm I'm vegan with my partner. Okay. So I thought yeah. I thought we we're gonna go the vegan vegan restaurant route. <laughs> What's your favorite lion's mane crab cake? <laughs> uh, I mean, they, they have so many vegan options now with everything. Yeah, vegan anything. What? There was a joke I had about vegans. I was like just looking down at me from your cauliflower tower. And- <laughs> <laughs> I want to put on a shirt. I got to figure that out. Um, but my, my, my partner, she, she's a, um, she's a pescatarian. So I definitely just say, all right, I'm not gonna get these ribs today. Uh, I mean, you can, you just gotta dance. You gotta dance. You gotta try it out. Try it out. And once in a while, I'm not, I'm not a forceful one about it. There's just a lot of good food and it's been fun. And like, I honestly, like I'm not the, I've, I've ever been. So it's like, it's just been nice to feel healthy, eat healthy, but it's you know it's just food 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 i dig it um so in the last moment or what have you I'd like to give the guest um an opportunity to shamelessly plug anything that they want to plug uh so let, well, let us know where you're at social media all of that stuff okay well the best place to find me is on instagram at mowgli art m-o-w-g-l-i-a-r-t uh, you can find me on my web store whoismowgli.com backslash shop that's uh, where i have some originals listed stickers uh clothing patches that sort of thing uh, my dms are open i might be really slow responding to them but i will get back to you eventually um and then since, since we're talking about vegan shout out to some vegan restaurants golden west i love you guys and uh cloudy donuts uh vegan donuts you guys are rock and then my homies, uh, Snake Hill, they uh, they they hold it down. They got some vegan sausages too, so all that all that vegan stuff. And then uh, catch me this spring. Catch me this spring and summer. I'll be cranking out some new murals and new work. I should be having probably three or four new murals in Baltimore. And if you need a mural, slide in my DMs or send me an email. I uh, would love to do some more more outdoor work anywhere around Baltimore, anywhere around Maryland. If you got a wall, just let me let me get some permission and and let's figure out a, a dope image to put on it. So that's that's literally all I had. Um, I'm gonna again thank you for coming on to the podcast. This has been a treat. 
Hey, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm honored and thank you for doing what you do for Baltimore culture and, and Maryland. I, I hope I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be be part of it. Oh, thanks. Um, so for, um, for, for Mowgli, I'm Rob Lee saying that there is art in and around Baltimore. You just have to look for it. Mm-hmm.